You're listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association, where we discuss the latest market trends in outdoor recreation. And now, here are your hosts, Kelly Davis and Patrick Hogan. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Inside the Outdoors. I'm your host, Patrick Hogan. In this episode, Kelly and I explore the opportunities for the outdoor industry to capitalize on Americans receiving tax refunds this spring. How can the outdoor industry help potential customers imagine a great outdoor experience and convert that aspiration into sales? How do brands fit into consumers' aspirational dreams of outdoor recreation? Let's get into it. I'm watching CNBC because I just keep it on all the time because I'm a a dirty capitalist (laughs) and I like money. But, oh, my God, all they can talk about is the Fed. The Fed sucks so bad. We hate the Fed. They're stupid. It's kind of fun. Look, it's, <laughs> they're talking well, about the target rate right now. And they're just they're just yeah. whining about the beatings. Is basically what it is. Oh, well, like I get it. That I I would love it if rates were lowered too. But I would also love it if all of the other economic conditions were favorable. Right? Like it's it's part of the deal. We we goofed, and now we have to correct, and then we'll we'll settle somewhere appropriate. Maybe. I mean, the, the, the argument is or, what's or, appropriate. Yeah, maybe we're right? fucked. Like, I, maybe, maybe we're all going, maybe it's all downhill. Thanks, Kelly. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I just like trolling economists. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's what I, it's, it's, it's what mathematicians do for fun. It's my sport. Yeah, that's too funny. <laughs> I love that. Fucking social um, scientists. I, <laughs> I, I cut you off though. It's like, I, I think you were actually going to make a point when I turned it into a joke, but you said, uh, maybe but let's follow the maybe thread. Oh, I lost that thread a while ago. I don't know. I, I, that my point was that it's necessary in order for us to get to a sustainable level of economic um, growth and, and activity. And go ahead, you're grimacing. Yeah, I am a little because you know there's there are arguments about about what actually constitutes economic health. It depends on who you're talking to. Are you talking to large corporations? Are you talking to workers? Are you talking to small companies? Are you talking to retailers? I mean, it depends. Yeah, I let me also mention that um, my background is specifically in environmental and natural resource economics because I am a conservationist and, and an outdoors person and a utilitarian and like a preservationist in some cases. Like I- Keysian, you're Keysian. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. I, although- um, Friedman's on the bookshelf behind me too. He he's back there. I got a yeah, couple of a uh, couple of his books. But that's it's nice to know that you're like a real capitalist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, every, everything's perfect in a vacuum, but um, and then we inject yeah. people and, and we goof it all up with our irrational. I don't know. I've been slapped uh, by the invisible hand more than once. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's all we've been doing for the last three years. Is is um dealing with that slap of the invisible hand and um, dealing with shifts in demand and resulting shifts in supply. Well, yeah. frankly, when you think about environmental factors, it's externalities, you run into some problems, don't you? Well, that's that's what I was going to say, was that defining economic growth is is different if we begin considering limited resources and, and non-renewable resources and what it takes to be sustainable sort of shifts if we're bringing the environment into account, but I don't need to hijack this podcast episode with my uh, tree hugging sensibilities. 
Yeah. I, well, you know, I, I talk a big, I talk, I talk a good game, but right. I'm hugging the tree next year's. Yeah. I, what? Yeah. I, we're both shooting of, the deer, but we're hugging the tree. Yeah, my, I did go <laughs> pheasant hunting last weekend and I have, I, ha, I have some pheasants chilling in the, in the fridge outside of brining. I'm pretty jealous, actually. I don't have any fowl in my in my fridge at all, and that's that's not usual. Yeah, actually, I do. I, I do have a duck breast. I take that back. I do have a duck breast, and chicken doesn't count. Chicken doesn't count. Chicken doesn't really count. But yeah, I, it's, I think I didn't want to step on you, especially when you're going to say I, I I I haven't shot anything recently. I haven't, I haven't shot, shot a duck recently. Either. I haven't shot a duck in a while, but we have a lot of geese up here, and it's just like a duck but bigger. But I'll tell you. Those, uh, uh, the, the Canada good, goose, though. the Canada, you got to tenderize the bejesus out of them because they've been flying since the North Pole. You know, it's like it's all muscle. You yeah, got, they're not yummy. You gotta, no you goose brine, is yummy. You got to brine it. You got to yeah, it. You got to tenderize it pretty good. But you, instant pot, pressure cooker, slow cooker, you can turn it into some great food. I dig yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, braised you, you poultry. Wrap it in bacon uh, and fried. Eh, you can do wrap it. Just, I mean, who cares? Everything's good. Wrapped in bacon and fried. Yeah, duh. Huh, I'm with you. Absolutely. We were talking about money, though, and trees. Yeah, and then we ended up talking about killing birds and yummy recipes, which is well, not a bad turn of events. <laughs> but <laughs> we can let's let's circle back to economic growth and and um, how we think the economy ought to work and. Part of how our economy works is that we have to pay for some stuff for public goods and things. We pay taxes to the federal government. And uh, sometimes we overpay and then we get a little bit of cash back, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is where, you know, my mother being an IRS auditor comes in super helpful. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. Cool. (laughs) I got the inside scoop on how all that works. Great. But yeah, I mean, and she will, she would, we should call her up. Call up to Joyster and ask her opinion. She absolutely hates when I get a refund because what she said, what she said to me was you're giving the government a tax-free loan. You're overpaying and it's dumb. You could be making money on that money. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I can dig it. But like the, 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 let's talk about the endowment effect for a second. Right. So, so let's imagine that at the end of 22, I owe, let's call it $10,000. Right. Okay. If I haven't paid any of those taxes and then the IRS sends me or thinking, you know, I do my turbo tax or whatever, and turns out I got to pay $10,000, I am not happy. Of course not. Because I have money and I don't like giving it away. It still results in me giving the government $10,000. But if I do a little bit of math and I, I estimate that I'm going to pay the government 10, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to call it 12 to be safe. I'm going to set aside a thousand bucks a month to, to settle up. And uh, and then the government comes back and they go, you know what? You actually paid us a little extra. We're going to give you two back. I am so much happier to receive that two and still be in the whole 10000 than I would be to have to pay out 10000 in one lump sum the following year because of that endowment effect, because of my my tendency to weight more heavily the things I already have and, and, and things I'm receiving, um, even if at the end of the day, the result is the same, which is that I've paid the government $10,000 for taxes. Yeah. I mean, I could relieve some of your pain by, by reminding you that your heuristic is that you're giving something away when you pay taxes, when in fact you're paying for things that you actually need. 
like roads and bridges and, you know, important things like military, so defense, police, things that you really, really need. And and, and if you think of it that way, then maybe you won't look at paying taxes as giving away your money. Giving away was was wrong. It was was an incorrect way to phrase it. But because, yeah, of course, I drive on the roads and I will send my child to public school and I appreciate the national defense system that we have, you know. Um, but damn it, if it doesn't, you know, still hurt to send the government a check because I underpaid this year and now I got to settle up with them by sending a little bit of money. Yeah, I have a I have a different reaction. Like my tax bill is fairly high. I I, I keep it paid automatically, so but I don't run into the ultimate pain of having to write a check to the IRS because you you know yeah. you don't feel like at the time I don't go out and like go look at this lovely road I live on, <laughs> which I yeah. should do. Right? <laughs> What pisses me off is when I find out that my I'm paying more taxes than, say, you know, somebody else that makes more money or, you know, a company that is exploiting its workers to the, to the point where I've got to subsidize their workforce with all kinds of insurance like, you know, SNAP. And I've got to pay yeah. for their kids health insurance because the company's not offering it. That's corporate welfare. So I get pissed off when I find out that people that make a lot of money find ways to get out of paying taxes because they actually have enough money to make the rules and same thing with corporations. That's, that's what I feel actually about paying taxes that I just get pissed that your fair share is what, you know, what is everybody's fair share of that burden? And I don't think that, that, that people at the top are paying their fair share. I just don't. Let's eat them. Let's eat the rich. Okay. I'm I'm right behind you. Yeah, I'm knitting uh, names. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm Madame Defarge already, man. <laughs> uh, well, so let, let's talk about refunds though for a second, because as I understand, you have some this, research from Civic Science. Yeah, I do, I do, and refunds do feel good. I mean, regardless of what I'm saying about eating the yeah. rich, but I, what what I wanted to do psychologically is create this tension in this podcast at this moment when we start you talking about how great it feels to get your refund. And it turns out that about about um, a little over a third of, of taxpayers out there in the market, according to Civic Science, are very much looking forward to getting their refund and think that they're actually, because they made a little bit more money and their tax rate didn't go up, so they think they're expecting a larger refund this year. And they're thinking about ways to spend it, which is really cool for us because this is the time of year when large chunks of disposable income get get spent in the outdoor market because people yeah. think of their refund like you do as just sort of a gift. Like they came out of nowhere, like, holy shit, found money. So maybe that bike that I've been thinking about, or, you know, in my case, I've been thinking about buying a backpack. My tax refund oh, is yeah. a perfect is a perfect time to start thinking about, oh, that lovely gift that I wanted to buy for myself. Like I think tax refunds are holiday season for adults. <laughs> and it, right. And and yeah. civic civic science indicates that about right now, 60 percent of adults are looking forward to spending their refund. Right. This is when if so you I'm tell a, me 40 percent of adults are just boring and they're going to save it. That's no fun. No, they think they owe money, which is oh, actually oh, okay. which, which is actually up a tiny bit from uh, 2021 when about oh, about. 39% thought that they were going to owe money and weren't looking forward to their refund. This isn't about whether or not you're getting one. This is if you yeah. think you're getting one, right? Which is exactly. is just as important because when you're thinking about disposable income, you're you're thinking about how you're going to spend that. And you know, when 
when the job market's healthy, we've talked about this before, when the job market's healthy, I'm not so worried about savings. And you can see it in the debt figures. Americans are in, you know, have higher debt than they've ever had before. I'm not talking about the government people. I'm talking about you. So when we get a tax refund and we're not worried about our jobs, we're planning on spending that money. And this is a good time to market things like bikes and skis and backpacks and those aspirational goods, like ways that somebody is going to have a new experience or get out in the world. And, you know, this is the time to think about that in terms of marketing and the, the data from civic science, which we provide to our members as a member benefit um, is available to all of our members and tells us that right now, right now is when people are thinking and they're, they're, they're thinking about how they're going to spend that refund. And it's a good time to, to try and, you know, maybe give them some ideas about ways to spend by, by marketing these, these experiences that maybe we're all longing for. Maybe. Do you want to shout out your backpack? I'm curious what you're looking at. Oh yeah. Well right now, and I'm, you know, I'm looking at a a variety of backpacks and, you know, because I've got to be fair to all the brands in my industry, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say which brands I'm looking at, but I will tell you that it, it's been an interesting road doing my own research. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think about how other people do research. They look at gear guides. They look at yeah. at what people are saying on social media. I look at who the core That's people huge. are and so doing my thing. I'm like, do I need trekking poles? What kind of trekking poles are they using? What should I be looking for? Maybe I'm going to go to a gear guide and looking tre- at trekking poles. And maybe I'm going to go the to my local yes. retail and look at trekking poles. It's not trekking poles, by the way. That's not what I'm dreaming of right but you, now. But you but do need trekking poles, right? Like no I one's do. ever gotten in trouble because they had trekking poles. You're, exactly. I've, got, I've gotten into a scrape because I didn't have trekking poles, right? So just it's it's a hundred bucks or so. You can just throw yeah, them in the, they're, they're light, you. just strap them to the side of the backpack, you know? And frankly, um, you know what you, you can get away with if you only, if you don't want to carry a bunch of stuff, you can get collapsible trekking poles. Yeah, you can yeah, get, yeah, tre- yeah. you can get trekking pole. You don't necessarily need two of them all the I've time. I've done that having too. Trekking yeah. pole. Me too. Yeah. Me too. But you um, know, when I think of, when I'm thinking about, that's all right. When I'm thinking about what I want to do and I'm thinking about my tax refund, I'm thinking a little bit bigger because my, I'm, you know, my tax refund should be okay. I mean, it should be enough to buy something decent. I don't know if I can buy a $10,000 bike, but I can certainly look at, you know, packs that range anywhere yeah. from 100, 100 bucks to 500 bucks, depending on what I want to do. So I'm thinking about sure. the weight of the pack and the volume of the pack and, and whether or not the pack has, whether or not they're selling something that's women specific, because if I'm going to do some through hiking, I'm going to need something that actually works with my body. I'm looking at yeah. companies that ask me to measure my torso, things like that. So I'm thinking a lot about this and I'm thinking a lot about it. I'm planning. I'm I'm dreaming of what I'm going to do with this with this this piece of equipment. I'm really thinking about it. And if I'm if some company came at me pretty hard, I'm I might be I might be more susceptible to a marketing campaign right now because I have the money and I'm thinking about what I want to buy. Are you are you dreaming about about spending your tax refund at all? I would love to add to this conversation by sharing what I would like to do with my tax refund. I am unfortunately in the group of folks who owe the government just a little bit of money. Uh, and so now I'm just cursing under my breath as I complete my turbo tax. Uh, you're one of the 40%. I'm so sorry about I that. Goofed. I goofed. Bomber. Bomber. Yeah. 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 Um, that's okay. If, if I were to get a refund though, um, it would be spent on fly fishing products. Cause I'm going to Montana in June for a week to go fly fish. Sweet. Uh, so yeah, be jealous. Be jealous. That Fly sounds... fishing, camping. Something. Yeah. Uh, buddy of mine's getting married. And so we're having a bachelor 
trip party, whatever. I don't know. Uh, we're just going to go. We have a cabin up there and we're going to like fly fish our way up to Big Sky and then we'll hang out for a couple of days with the rest of the folks. Not everyone's a fly fisherman um, or an angler, but those of us who are, we're going to take a, a week to get up to Big Sky and fly fish our way up the river. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about waders. You know, maybe I can buy some waders. waders. There you go. <laughs> I, I got some new boots from Sims last year about this time that I really like. I, I had some old, old boots that finally I had uh, I had worn. Shoot, I forgot where I was. Doesn't matter. It, it was one of those days where it was just muddy as hell. And the felt soles ripped off of both shoes at the same time. It was like, Bummer. I'm, 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 I'm walking through the mud and I'm just like slopping, you know. And, and uh, I like picked up my right foot to take a step and that sole ripped off. And then I like fell kind of hard. And as I did, I picked up my left foot awkwardly and that sole ripped off. And I was like, well, day's over. I, uh, <laughs> That's it. Time for new boots. It's it, The universe has decided that I need to upgrade my boots. So, Wow. Uh, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't ambiguous at all, was no, it? Holy no. moly. There, there's no getting around that one. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I, I'd love to add this by sharing what I would like to do with my uh, refund. And instead, I can add nothing except daydreams about outdoor gear which which consumes a lot of my time <laughs> daydreaming yeah mine mine too gear uh so so we've talked about what we the consumers want to do you know with with this fortuitous bump in disposable income that uh, many americans will receive in you know march april what can brands or yeah what can brands or dealers do <clears throat> to capitalize on that i would say you know the, what we were just talking about was how people imagine. I mean, when, you, when you've got consumers who are um, who are imagining a chunk of money coming in and how they would spend it, you know, I, I would I would swim with that tide. Help them imagine, you know, what help them imagine the experience that they'll have if they buy a piece of your product, whether that's a tent or a bike or some boots or some socks. Think about how you can fit into that to that aspirational thinking, and how you can how you can fit your product into the experience that that consumer is dreaming about, and they're dreaming right now. This is a prime time for dreaming, this time and holiday season. And again, this is kind of holiday season for for adults. Right? Yeah. This is well, this is when we get hey, to buy a gift for yourself. This yeah, this might be a little bit of a correction because our holiday season in bike was rough. It was rough because if you think back to November, December, like their spending was down. We all thought the recession was going to be happening more quickly. And um, the the bike market suffered as a result of, of um, perceptions of affordability and, and perceptions of market trends, right? Uh, not to say it's it's right or wrong, but like now if we actually do have a little bit of extra cash, maybe some of the product that we didn't move during the holiday shopping season we might be able to move now. And and I love what you said about like swimming with the tide, like help them dream, just hold their hand and go on this journey with them and, um, and use those aspirations uh, to, to move some of that product. You can, and you can even talk about things like health, the health benefits or investing in yourself. That's, that's another good way to help people build a construct that allows them to spend that money on yeah. something, something that will be, you know, sort of a, something that's a little bit extra. Something a little bit extra, yeah. So do you have any research to identify maybe which categories benefit from this like seasonal bump, right? So I, I would expect warm weather activities maybe to benefit more than snow sports just as a result of us heading into, like right now I'm daydreaming about camping and fly fishing. Right. And so I ate people out there. Time. 
Let me see if I can interrupt you like five more times before we finish that thought. I spend time in late summer dreaming about snowboarding, right? And so like if the tax refund were to hit me in September, it's boots and bindings because that's what I got to upgrade next is boots. And, I, I got a new board. Um, I got a, a pro deal on an Arbor that's sick. Uh, and now I need some, my, my <laughs> boots are just old uh, and, and they're not as comfortable and they're still as warm. So sorry, any, I'm trying to I'm on... trying to deal with my dog flirting with one another right now. I apologize to our listeners for that, but yeah, warm weather activity. Thinking about what you're going to do when the weather's nice: camping, yeah. fishing, boating, biking, hiking, all, playing with your dogs outdoors. Yeah. You'd think this is a fight, right? But it's not. This is play. It looks. This so is fun. what I. Yeah. This is this is what I live with. <laughs> you, you invited them in they're your dogs it's i not, know now they 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 let me stay you got that oh, you've got the yeah. dynamic all wrong here no but people are thinking about doing all kinds of things like going to the beach and and you know mm. all the all the things that i dream about i'll tell you what i dream about this time of year biking hiking yeah. obviously backpacking camping fishing um climbing Everything basically, but skiing and ice climbing, right? skating. It's a it's high time to skate. Not not well, no. Not but, well. well. All right, here's sort of pass gonna, fail. I do climb though, in a way, because right now I'm obs- I'm obsessed with tree climbing. Like, tell me what every time every time I go on a hike, I look up and wonder why people aren't aren't doing more in the trees. I mean, it's a, an amazing environment. And I, I want to get up in the trees and spot wildlife. I want to, I want to just, I want to use an ascender. So the only place I can get training for this actually is my local arborist. I've got to get oh, professional training to do this. But when I, when I walk through and I live, I live in basically in Appalachia, I'm just going to, mm-hmm. just going to throw that out there. So the Appalachian mountains are my place. And when I'm there, I notice that, you know, if I can get a little bit higher, there are all kinds of things that I could see that I can, that I can do. So yeah, tree climbing. It's, it's, it's not normal. You know what I should do with my tax refund? I should buy a giant supply of greenies. <laughs> oh man. I do love greenies. Maybe we can get greenies to support the podcast. Um, uh, yeah. My, my cats get greenies every night before bed. Um, my dog's got a greenie treat. He eats every night before bed. Sometimes I have it's taught the only my cats how to sit. So I give them their treats because I'm not a cat person. I'm a dog person. And I've raised my cats like dogs. <laughs> well, you see what the, the effect Greenie's going to have on mine simply by uh, seeing what I just did. It's it like completely just boom, changes their perspective. When I lived in Florida for a couple of years working at Southwick Associates, I had a house that backed up to this little pond. There's like ponds all over Florida, right? Because you got to like put the water somewhere. Uh, and I had fish in it and I don't think anyone ever fished it. There were like eight houses that backed up to it, um, for like, you know, half of this circular pond the other half of the circular pond was bordered by woods that were just wild. You know, all pigs and raccoons and armadillos and deer and all kinds of stuff back there. But I'd go out and I'd fish this little pond and the dog would come out with me and he'd just like sit next to me and I'd fly fish for, um, panfish and, and small largemouth bass. And then the cat would do the same thing. He would just sit right next to me and then I'd catch fish and I'd kiss it and I'd let the dog smell it and I'd let the cat smell it and then I'd throw them on back. Throw it back. I'd, I just raised a cat like a dog. Um, anyway, uh, that's that's maybe not fly fishing according to the, um, the purest definition, but fly fishing in my backyard for 
for largemouth bass for bucket mouth. Uh, was sure a heck of a lot of fun in Florida. That's pretty awesome. I mean, my dogs didn't get to sniff fish as part of their training program. Not not a single <laughs> fish. <laughs> They're gonna be back down here complaining in about two seconds. Yeah, that's okay. So tax refunds, and it's interesting that you should mention how you feel about about tax refunds because just in in civic science data, I get a little bit extra from time to time. And mm-hmm. this question is how much you trust, and it's federal government, state government, local government to spend your tax dollars wisely. And not a single column of any of the any of the the partisan groups that they mention here hits fifty percent. Not yeah. a single. Not there's not a single entity of local state or federal government that democrats conservatives or independents think is actually spending their money wisely by a majority well that's that probably has something to do with the heuristics about paying taxes right there you go yeah um but i i like that we've wrapped up this episode about consumers maybe not spending their refunds wisely with consumers also not thinking (laughs) that the government is spending their money wisely. How funny that we've circled back to just irrationality. And, and uh, like you said, like our aspirations for what we want to do this summer can, can feed into what we do with our tax refunds. And I'm saying we in the global sense, because I'm not getting one and I'm still bitter about it. (laughs) Well, I didn't get snow and you didn't get a refund. (laughs) Yeah. I'm willing to pay for snow. I'm good with that. Yeah, if only I could. You know, I guess I could travel, but uh, I wanted my yeah. local mountain to be snowy. Too bad. Maybe next year. It's always next year. Well, you know, I can always put my my refund away and spend it on, you know, some ski trip somewhere else. I've got a big sky. I don't know, somewhere. Yeah. I wonder, is there anything in your data about spending on goods versus spending on experiences and, and maybe travel or or that sort of thing? If I dig deep into civic science, there there's a lot of a lot of data indicating that that people do tend to think in experiences now rather than in in material goods for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Um, people, it it doesn't appear that on any other front other than this is a cool experience that I've had plays a role in social status in the same way that maybe material good would have really, frankly, prior to social media, prior to social media, there are lifestyles, like you'd be a snowboarder and that's who you'd be. And um, social media comes along and now, you know, our currency is experiences. Our currency is basically likes, you know, and shares. And, and there's a really great book by Cory Doctorow called Down and Out in the Magic Kingdom, in which currency has become basically that they call it woofy, but it's, it's your status on on social media, you know, the number of people that like you, the people that follow you. And uh, it's it's sort of interesting to look at that in terms of how people are spending their money. And civic science is yeah. full of information on people or people talking about their aspirations and talking about experiences they'd like to have. And a lot of them fit neatly into outdoor, frankly. Yeah. So a lot of bucket list items, and that's the way, you know, thinking about this, bucket list items end up in the outdoor experience category. I mean, think about the the most iconic bucket list experiences. Like, you know, if you've got if you've got a ton of money, you can pay to have someone, you know, Sherpa you up Everest, for example, or I mean, start to fill in the blanks on what kinds of bucket list items you'd like to do. And and yeah. that's where we are. We're not in I want to have a BMW because my neighbor has one. 
right? <laughs> that we're that that kind of thing is over. So in terms of marketing, you're oh, thinking about over. you're thinking about experiences that are that are you know you can even think about people doing it for the gram, right? Um, think about <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, it, there, a lot of people are using their experiences as status symbols and um, media is playing into that. Why swim against the tide, right? You, if, if, yeah. if you're selling, if you're selling a stove, you're not selling a stove, you're selling a camping experience. Yeah, heck yeah. Heck yeah, man. I'm so glad you got there. Yeah. You're that's exactly right. And I didn't realize that like, cause I'm thinking about my bucket list experience or my, my, like, you know, I've, I've written out a bucket list somewhere and they are all experiences and they are all outdoors right? Wildlife watching. I want to go see orcas in the Pacific Northwest, right? Uh, I want to go see Aurora Borealis. Uh, yeah, like all you and I share that one experiences. Let's go Dude, podcast we should, live. From I was going to say, north. <laughs> we should, we, we should do that. I wonder who could sponsor us to do a cold weather, Northern hemisphere experience or a warm weather one. Frankly, we just need sure. to stay away from the midnight sun. But yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. Okay. Uh, well, maybe we can end on our like main thesis, which is help dreamers dream and also help them spend that, that tax refund, that little bit of extra money that's finding its way into many Americans' pockets. Help them spend yeah. that money on outdoor experiences, outdoor products, getting outside. Yeah. Help them build a construct, you know, to explain why they're buying it and that fits into their to their aspirations. You know, th yeah. this is an any any investment in, in outdoor outdoor products is an investment in, in your health, in your physical health, in your mental mm -hmm. health, in your connection in, to nature. In spending time with your family, your your connection with your friends, and in, in like yeah, there's we there's a lot of different constructs, right? There's um mm -hmm pushing your limits and, and being a thrill seeker and, and, um, being the individual being self-reliant, being the, the one who, uh, is fully capable in the outdoors. And, and yeah, I dig it. Yeah. The best marketing campaigns help you create a construct in which their product is absolutely necessary. Genius. Boom. Thanks for listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association. We'll see you next time.